It's a Mulcair Monday, so let's bring in former NDP leader Thomas Mulcair for his take on some of the week's big political stories. Nice to have you. Happy Monday. <laughs> Good to be with you, John. Let's listen in on question period yesterday. Yeah. Mark Miller, the immigration minister, saying the government's looking at possibly limiting, capping, reducing the number of foreign students. Well, it's, it's something we're going to look at in the first quarter, first half of this year, Vashi. Uh, that volume is disconcerting. Uh, it's, it's really a system that has gotten out of control, and it's a conversation that we need to have with the provinces to make sure that the provinces that have not been doing their jobs actually rein in those numbers on, on a, on a pure volume basis. But it's very profitable, Thomas Mulcair, for the universities because foreign students pay so much more. Exactly. And there's another thing that Miller got to. And can, can I just say as an aside, as we start talking about Mark Miller's interview with Vashi Capellas over the weekend, it's so refreshing to hear a politician not speaking with a forked tongue. He just went straight at it. This is his own government he's talking about. They've been in power for, you know, they're in their ninth year. He says, this thing is out of control. And it's disconcerting. Well, good on Mark Miller because he's telling the truth. And anybody who's looked at the numbers knows that he's telling the truth. But it's so rare. It's so candid that I suspect there might be a few people around Justin Trudeau in the PMO who found it too candid. Because, of course, this is going to be rolled into some of the first questions in question period that Pierre Poitiers asks of Trudeau when the House finally comes back. But good on him. He's basically saying, look, we've identified the problem. Everybody sees the problem. We've got to work with the provinces. Now, there was a little bit of an attempt there to slough it off on the provinces because, of course, this is primarily federal responsibility. But you know what, John? He, he points one other thing out, and I think that's worth talking about as well. He said, you know, there's a question of almost fraud here. And so what is he talking about? He's not talking about people going to U of T or McMaster or McGill. He's talking about people going to some very sketchy places that are allowed to issue papers saying you're studying in Canada, but some of those institutions of higher learning basically exist on paper. And so that's become a concern as well. 300,000 people per quarter. So over well over a million people coming in on student uh, passes right now. They, of course, are allowed to work a certain amount and that it becomes for them their pathway to becoming permanent residents. So the whole system has to be looked at. The numbers are out of control. And it's not that I'm anti-immigrant. My wife is an immigrant to this country. I, everybody in, in Canada understands it's, it's a wealth and a benefit to welcome more people. But the problem is, we, we haven't done the planning. There was a paper that was released last week that showed the feds knew it was going to play into housing. It has, and they've done nothing about either. So this is the great, great Achilles heel that Trudeau is facing as he comes back into the house. So tell me about a new Nanos tracking poll oh. and what it predicts about effectively the national mood, but obviously also how people might plan to vote. Well, it's none of it is good for for the the Trudeau Liberals right now. So what I'm decoding and what I'm seeing, Trudeau's hired a couple of top guns. He's really found some great people to come and reinforce his team as we look at the beginning of the next term in Parliament. That'll run us through till June. And John, my analysis is simply this, that Trudeau's giving himself the spring session to see if he can start changing those numbers. There is a surliness across the land right now. It's not just because it's going to be a thousand below zero for the next week. It's just, you know, people came off the pandemic. Things were very shiny for, for most governments. Like, you're there. We believe in you. We've got to trust you. And then the wheels started falling off. And it's, it's across the country. It's provincial. It's federal. People are feeling that right now, and it's being targeted at Trudeau. Trudeau's fingers are crossed that somehow a, a potential drop in interest rates might start bringing the economy a little bit 
can and things might go better and might start shining back on him but his numbers right now and those of the liberals are so low i think it's a bit of a faint hope a bit of an outburst on social media this weekend as protesters picketing at the home of melanie jolie and we come back to that age-old debate of whether or not politicians homes should be off you you know protected from people protesting at all I think they should be. And it's not that people aren't allowed to protest. Uh, You know, what they see as the total injustice in this or that or the other situation. This was, of course, about the uh, war between Hamas and Israel. But at the same time, this is not protesting in front of Melanie Jolie's office. It was in front of her home. Police said in the report that I saw, police said it was peaceful. You know, nobody broke any windows. But there is that fine line to be drawn. We're in a democracy. If, you know, I'm not in politics anymore, but I can tell you there are, and you hear this all the time from people in politics, there are huge sacrifices already. And to have a big protest in front of where you live, not in front of where you work, I, I think that, that that crosses that line. And she should be left alone uh, when she's at home. And I'm curious about your thoughts on the situation in Alberta. Things got so cold that the electrical system was being strained, and everybody decided to use that to express their opinions about everything from libertarianism to renewable energy and Justin Trudeau. Yes, of course, it's the fault of uh, solar energy and, and, and wind farms. Look... I, I do think that we are stretching things across the country right now. We just talked about the massive increase in the numbers of people here. A lot of people are buying electric cars. You've got to plug that in. I, I have one, and I know that uh, you know in our neighborhood where I'm in the country, it, it sometimes gets very stretched out. You have to have a device to actually shut it down when, when there's not enough power. Otherwise, you'll lose the power in the rest of the house. So we are playing with fire. We haven't upgraded necessarily in Ontario and in Quebec. Over the next week, uh, it was just pointed out, uh, we're going to be looking at way below zero uh, at night. So, yeah, there's going to be strain on the system across the country. And those electricity providers across the country have got to be up to snuff. Alberta, I mean, yes, Alberta is such right now. Everything is political, including whether or not the the electrical grid can stand a cold snap. I don't think that you can blame everything on Danielle Smith, including the, the cold weather. Thanks a lot for this. Good to have you this morning, Thomas. (laughs) Great to talk to you. All the best, John. Thomas Mulcair.